Hey, thanks for listening here. I hope and pray that this episode, the previous episode, and any episodes are helpful and edifying for your walk with Christ. Wherever you're listening, hope you're doing well. Know that you're loved by the Lord deeply, and you are being prayed for. As indicated, this is the Gospel Gopstopper series. We're delving into daily implications of the gospel for believers, specifically in three areas. Bible study prayer, and planning on the last one to be relationships. Uh, why gobstopper? Well, a gobstopper never uh, ends. At least it's not supposed to, right? Everlasting gobstopper. And the gospel is the Christian's spiritual gobstopper, our forever food in our walks with God. And this episode particularly will be covering prayer. So again, thank you for joining us today. While we're talking about prayer, let's go ahead and pray into uh, today's episode. Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for how faithful and how loving and gracious you are. Lord, um, just as we hear from your word, but also as we kind of process the truths that we uh, soak in from it, Lord, help us to apply it to our lives and help us to come to a, a right understanding of who you are and to rightly live that out specifically in our prayer lives. We love you and it's in Jesus name. Amen. So before I even get started, I don't want to actually assume that everyone listening actually understands what the gospel is. And actually to do so would probably be unwise. And there's a few reasons for that. I'm not going to get into that right now. But on a positive note, I just want to share the gospel with you so that you have an understanding, a right understanding of what the gospel is. So the gospel means good news. Uh, it's actually from a Greek word. Uh, and this word, good news, um, is what it is. It's God's grace to us to know him personally. But how does that happen? How do we know God personally? Well, first and foremost, uh, God sent his son Jesus uh, to live a perfect life on earth, a life we can't live uh, to God. Uh, and then he, he died on a cross uh, to pay uh, the debt for our sins. It was necessary for uh, Jesus to die on the cross for our sins because uh, sin requires payment. We get that from the book of Romans. And so uh, he died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose from the grave. And by raising from the grave, he conquered sin and death. And that fulfilled multiple multiple uh, Old Testament scriptures, um, really anything and everything that we needed uh, in order to have favor uh, with God, Jesus accomplished for us on the cross and in his resurrection. So that's, that's the, kind of the, the, some of the meat of it. Uh, but the, we need good news because there's actually bad news. And the bad news is that we're separated from God because of our sin. If you've grown up in the church before, you've probably heard this before. Uh, uh, that our willful rebellion against God's commands causes us to be separated from God. And it started with Adam, and it continues on until Jesus comes back, uh, and we're with God forever, those who believe in him. Well, this separation of sin leads to eternal death in hell after we die, unless we trust Jesus as Lord of our life to forgive our sins and give us eternal life. So the reason why I bring up the gospel first and foremost is, one, I don't want uh, to assume that, that you know it, uh, no matter where your background is. 
but also that gives us the basis for uh, how it affects our prayer life, how it inflames and, and drives us deeper into prayer, which we're going to get into, into here in a second. So, um, Amen for that. Amen for the gospel. Praise him and hallelujah for him sending Jesus. So let's get right into some of the points that we have for today in how the gospel uh, impacts and, and influences our prayer life. So I got three points here. We're actually going to fly through these because there's a lot of application involved in this. and I don't want to miss that. We want to be transformed. So um, the first one here is, so why do we need gospel in prayer? Uh, the first is that it reminds us of our daily need for God's gift of grace and that gift of grace in Christ. Romans 3.23, I'm going to be throwing some verses at you here. So um, if you have a computer with you, a Bible app, whatever it is, feel free to follow along. Again, we're going to go pretty quickly through these. Romans 3.23 through 24, right? Um, all have fallen short or all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. And that's through Christ, it says. And so that's one of the scriptures that we actually use to know that, you know what, we need Jesus. We need his grace as a gift through Christ. But this gift also is not something we can earn. It's not something we can work for. And Ephesians 2, 8 says that. Paul says again here to the, um, the church of Ephesus, he says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Hallelujah for that. I don't have to do something in order to be saved. Instead, it's a gift of God. He actually emphasizes that um, these next few words, not a result of works. And he doesn't want us bragging about what we do, right? I mean, you see Paul here bragging sometimes, but I mean, he's bragging about his ministry that God even gave him. So he's not even saying, this is me. He's saying, like, guys, this is God through me. So in any case, um, we have a need, a desperate need for this gift of favor of grace in our lives through Christ. Now, uh, how does that work out in prayer? And, and we're not getting application yet. We want to get the theology down, the, the orthodoxy down first. Well, in Matthew uh, chapter 6, we get the Lord's Prayer, right? And this is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray, right? And so he's saying, our Father, right, in heaven, you've probably heard this before, you know, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, interestingly enough, in that passage, he says, and forgive us our debts. Well, how can he forgive us our debts unless we have faith in Christ? And you see here, Jesus is connecting uh, this, this idea that, that God forgives us right through him. He's connecting that in the sense of our intimacy with God through prayer. So that first and foremost thing is we need to be daily reminded of that need for grace. And I mean, he even goes on, he says, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one, right? Or, or evil. Um, how in the world uh, is it good news unless we're delivered from the evil one's grasp? So first point there, it starts with God. It starts with God and his goodness to us. Second point here empowers us in our weakness to pray empowers us in our weakness to pray. The Spirit does something in us when we pray, right? Now, uh, one of those workings is making us more like Christ, amen, hallelujah. 
but there's something specifically that the Spirit does um, on our behalf. Uh, Romans eight twenty six through 27, Paul mentions that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I don't know about you, but I feel sometimes real weak when I'm trying to pray. And God knows that. And he says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself does what? He intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Lord, I don't even know what to pray, but I know I need to. I have that longing in my heart. like, man, I need to pray. <laughs> well, God knows that. You know what? And he's able to even use that weakness for his glory and praise him for that. You know, God also does a mighty work in us. Here, I'm going to throw one more verse out at you here. Ephesians 3.20. He's able to do immeasurably more or far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. Now here, Paul's talking about spiritual strength, right? He's telling the um, Ephesians, y'all need spiritual strength to even comprehend like the love that God has for you. And God desires to give us that spiritual strength. In fact, he can and he will. So again, God empowers us in our weakness to pray. Now, last thing here, he guides our desires. Why do we need the gospel in our prayers? It guides our desires. You see, sometimes I don't want what God wants. And in fact, sometimes I don't even want to pray. But the, set, the last point we just covered says that God will help me pray. Well, now I need to know what I'm praying for. So he guides our desires. In fact, Romans 12 does a really good job at explaining this a little bit. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, you've probably heard this uh, before if you've um, uh, spent any amount of time uh, learning about uh, presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. Maybe you've heard this again uh, in a church service before. He says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship or, or your, your spiritual service. Now, it's interesting because this passage is directly after, after Paul is just like totally expounding and explaining uh, this amazing grace of God uh, for, for us, right? Well, then he says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Again, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but it's important to note that the gospel, the grace of God in Christ, actually compels us to want God's will. Um, some Old Testament here for you. Uh, Psalm 34, 7 says... Oh, I'm sorry, 37.4, my bad. It says, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, when we're praying, we're going to the Lord as we're delighting in him. Our desires are going to change. And when my eyes and my heart are fixed on the goodness of God in Christ, that's going to change the things that I want. I'm not going to want the same things that maybe I did before I knew Jesus, or maybe there's things that I want today that aren't what God wants, and he's going to reveal those to me. And Honestly, uh, Romans 7 does a good job of unpacking this too. At the very end of Romans 7, Paul's like, you know what? Sometimes my flesh just wants what the flesh wants. I'm a wretched man. You know, he's like, I want to honor God, 
but my flesh does not. It's not happening. And you know what? Our flesh isn't going to want what God wants. That's just, that's how it works. So for lack of better words here, God knows that we don't want sometimes what he wants. And the gospel helps us in that to ask him for what he wants uh, and, and then what we want in that. Which leads us to our last verse here in these three points. Matthew 7, 7. Again, these are probably familiar verses. Uh, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Right? You've heard that before. Ask and you shall receive. Now, that's important. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Like anything? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's getting to that. The issue is, is there are specifics that it does that this verse is telling us to ask for. And if you read on it, it talks about how the father will give a give good things to those who ask him. And those good things that he's talking about are the things that help us obey and love God. So those are really important points there. So we really need God to direct our hearts. And that starts with the gospel. Amen. You see, the emphasis here is to go to the Lord for what we want constantly. And he will give uh, us whatever helps us to obey and love him. So we really need God to direct our hearts. And that happens with the gospel because the gospel reminds us of his grace and his love for us. Now, I get that. Okay, cool. So we need God to direct our hearts. Um, But... Do I really need the gospel for that? Like, can't I just know what the right thing is and desire the right thing? Well, honestly, without the gospel as our foundation, uh, really, our prayers are not going to be effective because our hearts aren't aligning with his. So we're probably not going to get the things that we want, or maybe he'll give us the things that we want and we'll realize that they're actually destructive Uh, And then we'll have to turn back in repentance of those things because they're really not what God wanted to. In fact, they can be sinful things. So again, we can ask, we can seek, and we knock, and the Lord will hear us, and he'll answer that prayer. Of course, the emphasis is to go to the Lord for what we want constantly uh, and trust that he's going to give us the things that help us to obey and love him. So we need God to direct our hearts. And that really starts with the gospel. Now, how do we use the gospel in prayer? Like, like, give me some words, Jake. Like, what, what do I do? Well, thankfully, you don't have to hear from me to know what to say. But let's talk about some topics here that we do pray into. And maybe that'll give us a starting point. So the first thing is this. Uh, here's a, a, a starting point. Entrusting every concern to Christ. So really, like, what do we need grace for? What what concerns do we need grace for? Well, here's a few of them. Um, Bitterness, anger, fear, lust, anxiety, jealousy, you name it. You can call it, you know, the seven deadly sins. Whatever it is, we need grace from God to pray into those things Um, for his will and for our hearts to be transformed. Now, I want to camp on this verse for just a second. It's Hebrews 4, verse 15, and uh, it's really wonderful for explaining this because truly I think this verse helps to capture this idea. We'll probably be lacking in these areas, 
like really like our human nature is not um an ability to overcome these things now if that's contrary to what you've been taught before uh you know it's okay like there's grace for that but god really wants us to understand that we need his grace to overcome any of these areas um emotions or relationships whatever it is like in our prayer time god wants us uh, to go to him and experience transformation so hebrews four fifteen is where i'm going to camp out for just a moment here it says for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin now why do i bring this up well spoiler alert i'm going to the next verse but i'm going to camp out here for a second god is not unable to empathize or sympathize with your weaknesses with my weaknesses he is totally able to understand and it's because jesus was tempted it's why he went out into the wilderness. That's why he was tempted uh, during those 40 days in the wilderness. And pardon me, it was towards the end of the 40 days. But um, he was tempted. So he's not unable to understand like what we're going through. Now that next verse, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in, to help in time of need. Now that word with confidence, uh, it means to come before him plainly or openly. God doesn't need us to have clean language. Now I'm not saying to cuss at God. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the point here is the gospel allows us what we just read, right? He's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He's been tempted already. The gospel allows us to approach God believing that because of Christ's work on the cross, I can draw near to God. I can draw near to his throne of grace. And it says here, the purpose that we may receive mercy and find grace and to help in time of need. When we're praying, who, 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 who prays if they don't need something? right now we might pray to get rid of something <laughs> like that happens lord can you just can you um shoo my friend away over here they're bugging me you know we might pray those things but but we pray because we need something and our greatest need as we just like listen to in the lord's prayer is, is god our father in heaven right how will be your name it starts with god and the, really the result of all of this, the result of praying uh, with the gospel in mind, is greater faith. It's greater faith built up and rooted in the love that God has for us, in his desires for us, and really his sovereignty in one's life. Now, we're not going to get into God's will you know, for our lives in this podcast. That's too big of a topic. But what happens is, is because God's sovereign over our lives, when we pray in the gospel— we get a peace because he's in control. We have a peace because his plan is being fulfilled. He already died on the cross. He already rose from the grave. He's already at work in our lives, whether we feel it or not. He is sovereign and he is trustworthy. So we see that the gospel compels us really as our foundation to see our need. It aids us and it empowers us in our weaknesses and it directs our desires 
So there's your application for you, and I got a verse to send you out. Again, this is a very popular verse, but I don't want you to tune this out. I want you to hear each word as we close out here, because I do believe that this verse, God's living and active word, is sharper than any double-edged sword and is able to help you where you're at. It says this, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which means to beg or, or to earnestly request. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful promise that God will do that work as we go to him. Thank you for listening today. It's a privilege to get into God's word with you. Again, God is with you. He loves you. He's working things out for your good and for his glory. And I pray and I hope that the gospel will saturate your prayer life making your prayers more effective, and maybe even more importantly, drawing you into a deeper love for him and his son. Have a blessed day and thanks for listening.